Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. We are joined today with Amira, who is a business lawyer, a blogger, and a coach. She helps online entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to make money online and legally protect their businesses. She has so much knowledge to share. I feel like I've been in her world for quite a long time, like even back when I was just a blogger myself. And I love everything she puts out. So welcome. I'm so excited you're here and I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me, Tara. It's it's a pleasure to be able to be talking with you today. Yeah. So I would love for you to tell anyone who isn't familiar with you, maybe a little bit more about you and kind of how you got started. Because I, I know you have a pretty interesting story about your father's business. Yeah. So I, well, well, first of all, hi everyone. My name is Amira and I am a business lawyer, blogger, and coach over at aselfbrew.com. But I got started as a lawyer. I was actually going to become a doctor, but unfortunately during college, I watched my dad's business get sued. It just came out of nowhere. And my dad was sued by a person that he had hired, but he never bothered to have a contract in place. And so that person ended up suing my dad for $90,000. So as you can imagine, that was a huge amount of money. And it happened in his second year of business. So it's not like my father was a successful business owner yet or anything. So it just totally changed the trajectory of my life and kind of helping my dad navigate the legalities, corresponding with the lawyers, and just kind of fighting this whole lawsuit for an entire year was nothing less than devastating and a huge nightmare for us as a family. But the only good thing that came out of this whole, you know, negative experience was the fact that I found my true calling. Like I I realized that I had a true passion for law versus the medical field, which is a lot more boring. So I just decided that, you know what, there's so many people out there just like my dad, you know, he made a mistake, not because he wanted to, it's just that he didn't know any better. And it's very normal for a lot of entrepreneurs to make legal mistakes. And unfortunately, they they just have really dire consequences. And I wanted to help other entrepreneurs from suffering the same fate as my dad. And that's why I ended up becoming a business lawyer instead of like a real estate lawyer or any other kind of lawyer, because that was the area that I knew that I had the passion for. And that's where I wanted to help entrepreneurs like my dad. So that's me, like how I became a lawyer. And then after working like as a lawyer for over a decade, I was like, you know what, I want to make a bigger impact. So I'm already doing great, like helping business owners, working one-on-one with them in the traditional sense, working for a law firm. I was pretty successful. But then I just thought one day that, you know what, how can I make a bigger impact with my time? And so I came up with the idea of like taking all my knowledge and expertise in the online space 
So that's how a self guru was born. And I have been uh, doing this for a few years now. And, and every day, it's such an amazing feeling to be able to connect with people from all over the world and, and help them with whether with, you know, starting their business legally to protecting it to working with them one on one or to just simply having them download my legal templates. It's just an amazing feeling to be able to be your own boss and, and make that kind of impact. I love where your story and your passion comes from because what you do is so needed. I think so many times we're sold the dream of how easy it is to start a business. So we don't always go into it thinking about the legal aspects. It's not second nature for people. And it's not, I feel like talked about enough when we talk about starting a business and that's where people can, can get into trouble and have issues pop up that they weren't expecting. I love that you have, like, I I think I have most of your legal templates and I love that you have these because when we think of legal, we think expensive and like, wait, especially for startups or for in the first few years of business. And the fact that you've created these amazing templates for people that are budget-friendly and accessible is, is amazing. I just, I think it's so needed and so important. Yeah, I know. And thank you so much for mentioning them, Tara, because that was the intent. You know, when I came into the online space, I fortunately or unfortunately got in touch with all kinds of different entrepreneurs, right? From bloggers to coaches, to freelancers, to service providers. And and I found the same exact issue that you're referring to, that legal help was costly, right? And, and, and I get it because lawyers are expensive. We charge, you know, a, a decent amount of money. So That was also preventing people from taking action, right? Because not everybody could just go ahead and hire a lawyer at $500 an hour. And so I wanted to come up with an affordable solution, right? But also an easy to use solution or something that people could get quick results from. And that's how like I decided that, you know what, why don't I create templates and that people could instantly download, they could literally plug in their business information, get done and and have the lawyer level protection without the hefty price tag. So yeah, so that was the goal. And and I'm glad that you uh, agree with that. And you feel that way that it's affordable, because that means that I have, you know, accomplished my goal. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's so needed. Because I mean, I know, when I first started my business, it was like the first one was 17 years ago. And I remember like, legal was not even a thought of mine. It was like, because I'm starting this as a hobby, passion project, side hustle. I was like, I don't even know if it's a business yet. So I don't need to worry about all this. And that's definitely the wrong approach. (laughs) Yes, Yes, that's true. Yeah, you want to always because education is power, right? Is knowledge is always going to serve you well in the long run. So yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. You want to empower yourself by learning the legal stuff, at least learning what you need, and then kind of reaching out to legal expert lawyers to kind of make sure that your, you know, your business is protected. Yeah, definitely. I feel like too, once I started in the VA space, I feel like I immediately knew I needed to have a contract because of course I learned from experience. I had a bad client relationship (laughs) and money was owed and I did work before being paid and didn't have a contract in place. And I think a lot of people kind of lean into the legal once they have that experience. And I love that we're talking about this so that 
people don't wait for that bad experience to get these things in place. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because even like going back to my dad's situation, because it's near and dear to my heart, it's the same exact thing. You know, he had hired a freelancer, right? And whether it's a virtual assistant, graphic designer, any kind of freelancer, and it's the same mistake that he made, like he didn't, but from his, it was a client perspective, right? Yours was more of a service provider perspective, but from both perspectives, there was a loss, right? Like you faced the situation where you didn't get paid or you didn't get paid on time. And my dad's situation from a client perspective also it was devastating because he didn't have a contract in place. So this person alleged all kinds of things that weren't true and then ended up having this huge legal battle to fight. So in the end, the end result is always that negative experience. And if we can just avoid, and I always say this, that contracts really protect both parties. It's not just the client. It's not just the service provider. It's really everyone, both parties. So that way you avoid those misunderstandings and those legal issues, you know? Yeah. And I know I said before we hit record on here too, I think for introverts, especially like once I had those things in place, it it gave me more confidence to stick to boundaries that I had set, especially with client relationships or things that popped up that I had to deal with. I could always refer back to that contract that was signed or that agreement. And it made sticking to my terms much easier. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I'm an introvert myself and as I mentioned to you before too, but it's very uh, like comforting, but it also like gives you like you said like this confidence and also legitimizes things, right? Because it makes you look like a professional in all honesty when you have these contracts or legal policies or documents. It also just gives you that peace of mind at the end of the day because you're you know you're doing things the right way. And it just like, like you said, it sets those boundaries, but also just protects you because especially for people who are not really in your face, who are not extroverts, who are not going to, you know, it just makes things, I feel like it just makes things a lot easier, right? So to have all of these documents at your fingertips and in place for your business to make sure that you have that peace of mind. Yeah, definitely. And I know I, I wanted to talk about legally protecting your course, because I've noticed a few of my clients recently have had their entire course or a program copied. Oh my goodness. So I'd love to dig into that and how, because I know a lot of my audience is either currently offering courses or they're starting to think about how they can switch from just services to add in more digital products and courses. So maybe some advice around protecting our work when it comes to digital products and courses? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the first step is that whenever you are selling a course, you want to always make sure that you have proper course terms and conditions that coincide with your course. You want to post them on the sales page. And then the second most important step is you need to make sure that whoever is purchasing your course is actually bound by those terms. So you need to have an option like at the checkout stage where they can click to accept those terms and conditions. The third thing is you want to also make sure that those course terms and conditions are very clear and specific. They include important legal provisions such as, you know, how to protect your intellectual property, what people can or cannot do with your course, obviously making sure that they can't copy, they can't resell. All of those things need to be included because that is your public notice to your students. 
And then also like when you sell a course, like if there's any kind of legal rights that you are giving them, like maybe as an affiliate, they can promote your course. So then you give them some legal rights to be able to use your images or something like that. But only for those specific conditions, then you need to include those restrictions in those course terms and conditions as well. So this way, people are not just violating your copyright. And just to explain copyright law really briefly here, copyright law really protects any kind of content that we create. So in the online space, your course, for example, you know, that is your protected content from the minute that you create it. So you don't even have to officially register with the U.S. Copyright Office, but you could. That's another added protection if you did register it, then you could pursue legal damages like, you know, file a lawsuit and claim statutory damages and so forth for violations. But even if you did none of that, you still are legally entitled to copyright protection by simply having that course or even a blog post that you write, any kind of content that you create, even your photos, your, you know, your videos. So, but like I said, the best way is to make sure that you have those terms and conditions in place for your course that clearly outlines, you know, what people can or cannot do. And then also like your refund exchange policies, all of those things would need to be included in those terms and conditions as well to make sure that you avoid any customer disputes, because a lot of times that's what happens. That is so important. And I'm going to say right now, so if anyone goes to my website, I know I have work to do in this area. <laughs> I have a lot of things that I need to update. I'm starting with the highest level investment programs first. And I'm that's on my to-do list this year is to accurately have the terms and conditions in place and have everything legal and ready so I'm going along this journey with you if you're listening and you're in this boat too, where you don't necessarily have everything in place just yet. I'm there with you. I mean, I've been in business for 17 years and I'm I'm still there too. I'm still constantly learning and updating things. So one thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of courses, I've had a, a few discussions, not necessarily for my products, but other people in my membership have asked my thoughts around this and I'd love to get the legal perspective on this. So somebody who offers a course or program with lifetime access, when somebody says lifetime access and how you actually can specify what that means, because I know in, in the case of what I was told from a few clients, they were upset because a course or a program that they signed up for was suddenly canceled and the person basically said it was done. It was over. The lifetime access was over, but then they created a new offer that was basically the exact same and didn't give anyone access to that. So, well, yeah, alone, that's horrible business practice for sure. You know, whenever you're promising anything like that, any kind of promise that you, this is considered like a promise, right? When you're giving someone lifetime access. And if that is something you are stating or claiming, then it's really imperative just as a just as a good business practice to define what that means right because not everybody understands what lifetime access constitutes just like not everybody understands what is an affiliate link we may know that because we're in the industry but not everybody really understands that what exactly affiliate links even mean so you always want to you never want to assume you always want to do a good job again in your terms and conditions that's also one of the provisions that you should include if you're offering lifetime access, 
Or let's say you're offering free lifetime updates. Like we offer free lifetime updates with our with my legal templates, for example. But you again, it's really good to include what that means. And you can obviously put limits on it, right? So you could, as a course creator, at the end of the day, you're in control because it's your course, your terms and conditions. So you get to dictate the terms, right? You, you know, nobody's holding you at gunpoint and saying that you must offer X, Y, Z. It's your call at the end of the day. So if you think that lifetime access should be until, you know, the business is in existence, then you can put that in there that until the business is in existence, you know, everybody will get the lifetime access and blah, blah, blah for this amount of time. And if the business is ever dissolved or discontinued or whatever, then the access will be revoked, you know? So you want to include those kinds of clarifications to avoid a situation like this where your customers are upset. And then obviously what this person, this example that you shared, where this person discontinued the product, but then they went ahead and created a new offer, which was exact replica of the one that they discontinued. And that's just really bad practice because that's just basically renaming or relabeling a product, but then kind of having the same content, right? So that's really up to the business owner. I mean, there's really not much you can do, but generally speaking, you shouldn't do that. You should obviously, if it's a new offer altogether, that's totally fine. But if if you are promising something like that, or or you're, sometimes what people do is they also promise results, right? Like they'll say, oh, you're, you know, you can do this in 30 days or, or or through my course, you'll launch your book in 30 days. Here's another example. Once again, you want to be very careful because people can hold you legally liable for things like that, that you promise. So that's where another thing that I highly recommend, whether you're a course creator or whether you're any, you know, whether you're creating any kind of digital product, doesn't matter what it is. You should always give disclaimers. The disclaimers, the whole point is to limit your legal liability and also to put people on notice that you're not promising, you're not guaranteeing, you're not doing any of that. So this way they're they're not upset later on if there is something that you claimed and they didn't achieve that result, they can't legally come after you for damages. So just to protect yourself as a creator, you should have these disclaimers also in place. And by the way, everything, Tara, that we're talking about, you know, I understand that it's hard to come up with the legal language and trying to put all these documents together yourself. That's where I, I encourage people who are listening to look into my VIP legal bundle, my best package, or any of my legal templates to just kind of make sure that you get all of those things done within 15 minutes instead of you trying to pull your hair and put all this stuff together on your own. Yeah, there's no way that I would be able to put together any of the contracts or agreements or disclaimers or policies without your templates. So <laughs> definitely go check those out. And I think you made a really good point about, you know, it's it's our business. So we can set the rules and the terms. We just need to have those in place and be really clear about it. Like I I know my my very first course that I ever created was a totally different niche, totally different audience. And after two years, I didn't have anything in place at the time. So I didn't necessarily say lifetime access anywhere, I don't think. But I realized that, you know, I'm not using this tool anymore. I'm not in this industry anymore. So I'm not going to be able to keep it updated. So I'm not going to be offering it for sale anymore. And then for everyone who already had it, I 
exported everything and put it into a Dropbox folder so that I would have that to share if I ever did remove it from the course platform, which I did eventually do, but I was able to share access to everything. So they do still have lifetime access to all the content. No, and that's great. And it's kind of similar thing happened to me where I enrolled in a course and it was a very successful entrepreneur as well that I took her course. And so after like a couple of years or so, she decided to completely stop selling the course, right? So she pivoted her business, but at least she honored the whole lifetime access thing. And so she, whoever had already paid and had been enrolled in the platform, we still have access, but it's just that, of course, nobody new can purchase her course, but at least she honored that whole lifetime access, which was one of the reasons that I purchased in the first place. So so that is definitely the right way to do, even if you tomorrow decide that you want to discontinue a product or, or retire a product, then at least honor your promises or guarantees or accesses that you are promising your customers. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is the the promises. Because I know, like you mentioned, the example about get this done in 30 days or yeah, you'll be able to make X dollars per month. Like I, I see those sales pages so many times and there's pretty bold claims and promises, but there's no disclaimer at the bottom. <laughs> yes, and it's very troublesome. Some of them are even running ads like that. So it's even more troublesome because... They'll actually run Facebook ads to a sales page like that, which is making such bold claims. And you know, you're reading it and and we being in business and you being in business for so many years, you know that it's very hard to prove that, right? But yet they are running these ads and it's kind of, they're both kinds of examples. Then there are others who are doing it right. So I've seen both situations where they will have a very big fat disclaimer right there underneath on the sales page that no results are promised just because they're sharing testimonials or or anything else that it doesn't mean that that's what you can expect as well. You know, these are just examples and things like that. So once again, you know, these are important things that you should definitely include on the sales page or at least have a disclaimer page on the sales page. That way people can be on notice because otherwise, trust me, somebody has the legal right to come after you for all these claims and promises and stuff that you are claiming. Yeah, I think a good point there too is like when I look at sales pages that maybe make some specific or even general promises, the ones that have a really big in-depth, in-detail disclaimer on the sales page at the bottom, I'm like, that just gives me more of a trust feeling versus one that doesn't have anything. Right, exactly. And all these really big names or successful ones, they've they've been burned, right? So everybody learns from their own mistakes, you know, and as business owners too. So they've kind of gone through the process. And so they finally put those things into place. But if you're just starting, you may not, you may not have the experience yet, right? So you may first get a little bit of these issues. And then you are like, oh, shoot, I need to put all these legal documents or language or protections in place. So it really depends on where you are in your business journey before you start taking action. Yeah, that's so true. And I think like, even if you're at the beginning, you're going to thank yourself later on if you do this (laughs) right from the start, instead of learning from mistakes, because it could be a costly mistake that you learn from. Yeah, I mean, look, I always say this, that, and again, speaking from experience, but not just from my dad's experience, but even working as a lawyer for over a decade and seeing 
all kinds of legal issues. I was a litigation attorney, so my job was literally going to court and and fighting. So I've seen all kinds of legal issues. And I always say this to any business owner that legal is truly the glue that holds your business together. Because if you don't have a strong foundation, trust me, all it takes is just one thing to go wrong and then your whole business crumbles, right? Like it has such a ripple effect because it's not just affecting you. It's now affecting your spouse, your kids. And, and you know, it, it's just a nightmare to deal with. So if you can put all these protections and these things into place from the get-go, first of all, it makes things a lot easier. Number two, it also legitimizes your business. Number three, it also lets you like have that peace of mind that, hey, I've done everything I, I need to do so that you can then concentrate on growing your business because that's your ultimate goal anyway, right? You don't want to worry about the legal stuff. You want to focus on growing the business, making that impact. So I just feel that having that foundation and the legal stuff taken care of at the very beginning just gives you all the time and, and allows you to take care of your business then instead of like, you know, later on running into an issue and then going back and then fixing, it just sucks up more time and energy. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I, I feel like when it comes to legal, it's kind of the same boat for most people as like accounting, like getting your accounting foundations in place and set up right at the beginning is, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of time. And if it's not something you enjoy, it's definitely going to be a bit of a pain for you to get everything in place, but it's going to save you so much time and frustrations later on in your business. Absolutely. Because I'll give you my example. When before starting my business, I used to do my own taxes because they were very simple, right? Like, I mean, it's just me and I, I have a W-2 from my job. And, and you know, so it was like a no brainer. And I'm, so I'm well versed in all this stuff. So I was like, okay, I, I, I've been filing my own taxes. But guess what? The minute I started my business from the very first year, I said, nope, I don't want this headache, right? I don't <laughs> even want it. It's not my specialty. I'm not an accountant. As long as I was handling the simple taxes where I was getting a W-2 from a job, okay, no problem. Anybody can file those taxes, right? But when it comes to business, there are all these deductions. There's all these different technicalities and rules and regulations. So I said, you know what? No, I don't want to do this. Like, so well worth the investment of having a good CPA who's kind of looking at your books, looking at your finances and making sure from the very beginning, you have all these things in place for your expenses so that you know what's deductible at the end of the year, what's not. And so, yeah, I, that's what I did. And and that's what you should do if you're starting a business, because why, why, why lose out on all those tax benefits or why incur more liabilities because you don't have the knowledge in the tax field? You might as well just trust and hire a good CPA so that way you don't have to do this, you know? Yeah, I think that's one of the things I'll... I will always say is one of the big things that I wish I had done sooner is outsource that as well. Because yeah, I was the same way. I was like, oh, it's like I have TurboTax. It walks me through everything. I know what I'm doing, but no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many different things, you know, like it, it gets complicated and same thing with the legal stuff, right? Like you don't want to try to DIY yourself. Like that's why we have professionals, right? We can't just be a master of every single thing. Mm -hmm. so, so it's better to outsource certain things. Just like when it comes to my health, right? Like you don't try to self-diagnose yourself. You go to a doctor, right? So it's the same concept. Some people try to do the Google doctor, but it usually yes, doesn't work yes. out. 
I know the minute I said that, I said, wait, someone's gonna someone's gonna talk to you. Wait, no, I tried to do this on my own, but but you get the point. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you have amazing offers in the form of business consults. I wanted to like call that out because if anyone's listening and legal gives you a headache and you really want advice, like I love that you've made this so accessible. So I mean, you can book a 30-minute online business consult or a 60-minute for $145 or $250, respectively, which is amazing and I think is so, so essential, especially if you're like have questions, if you're wondering how what you need in place, how to get things set up the right way. Like I love that you offer that one-to-one too. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for bringing those up. In fact, before we got onto the podcast today, I just had gotten done with an online consult. So there was a coaching call where I was helping someone with all kinds of uh, legal issues with her site. So yes, I do offer a business consult and those are very popular because people always have like specific legal questions pertaining to their particular business. So if you have any, and it's not just limited to legal questions, if you have any blogging questions or business questions, I'm happy to kind of answer all of those as part of the consult. And then there's also a website legal audit, which is another popular service because somebody may not have taken care of the legal stuff from the get-go, but then they're now an established business. Or sometimes I I have both scenarios, sometimes a beginner uh, entrepreneur, but also an experienced entrepreneur who may want to make sure that their site is completely compliant. So we have a website legal audit service where I review your entire website and I give you a detailed report as to the things that you need to fix, the legal language that you need to add. You also get like free access to my starter legal bundle as part of that service. And then another really popular service that we introduced not too long ago is the LLC formation service. So I've had so many entrepreneurs reach out to me with help as to how to form their LLC. They have legal questions about their LLC business accounts and, you know, just uh, getting the EIN number and all those kinds of things. So I have a one hour done with you or done for you LLC service where we just work together and make sure that we file that LLC for you to protect your business assets and also your personal assets. Because that's the whole point of the LLC is to have that separation between your business and your personal stuff. So I highly recommend that if you haven't formed an LLC to kind of, I'm not saying that LLC is going to work for every kind of business, but generally speaking, you know, LLC is is one of the ways that you can create that separation and limit your legal liability. Then there's contract review, contract drafting. So even though I have legal templates, which you can instantly download, and we have like 30 different templates in my legal store, but there's always once in a while, there's a situation where Someone will come to me, and this happened actually last week. Someone wanted a specific contract, so he was entering into a partnership as well as giving a loan to another business. So he wanted a very specific terms, and there was a specific arrangement between the two parties. And so he booked a customer contract drafting service where I, he and I spoke, and I made sure that we included all of those things that the both parties agree on, and then I drafted the contract for them. So there are all these different services, like you mentioned, Tara, without going into them for too long, but definitely take a look at it. That's why I offer them. So there's that one-on-one part of working with me segment of my business. And then there is the done for you, which are the legal templates, which are hands-off and you basically download and get done with all of those things on your own. 
That's amazing. I love that you offer so many different options. And like, if somebody needs that extra customized help, like they can work with you through that as well. I think that's amazing. And I know I wanted to ask you, because I know you've built an amazing online business, helped so many entrepreneurs, like over 50,000. And I'd I'd love to hear, because I know you're an introvert and how you were able to grow your business and increase your visibility as well. Yeah, no, great question. So, you know, I read this quote one time, or maybe I, I listened to it, that growth happens outside of your comfort zone. And it kind of stayed with me. And so when I started the business, I purposely picked blogging as the way to start the business because I love to write and read, right? So it's my sweet spot, like, you know, because I don't have to interact with anybody. I'm in my own little zone and I'm just writing away and publishing content. And that was the goal. So all these services and things like that weren't in place at the time. But then when I read that code, it just resonated with me and made me realize that you know, I am putting all these limits on my own growth, on my own self. So business is all about connecting with people. It's all about your network. As they say, your network is your net worth, right? So, and that's 100% true in business. Now, if I was working in an office, like I was in a law firm, maybe it was completely okay to go do my nine to five and be in my own little zone and, and not have to interact too much with people. But in business, it's really hard to do that because you you do want to make those valuable connections. You do want to reach more people. You want to be accessible because if people can't access you, then how are they going to trust you, right? So for all of those reasons, keeping all of those things in mind, I decided to break out of my shell. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to put those limitations on myself. I'm going to be honest. I was so scared to even create my first video because I started a YouTube channel and I didn't do anything with it for like, I don't know, a couple of years. And not that I'm still very active, but I am at more active now than I used to be. But it, it was all because I had a fear of camera, you know? And I was like afraid that people are going to judge me, how I look, how I sound. And we all have those fears, right? We all go through those cycles and we're our worst critic. But once again, the only way you're going to succeed is when you look past those limitations, you stop limiting yourself and you look at your growth outside of that comfort zone. And when I started taking action and when I started making progress, it gave me more encouragement to continue. So when I saw like a video became successful and I didn't expect it to, or a client meeting resulted in a big contract for me or, or something like a big, big collaboration happened, then I was like, See, this is like this is like the push that I needed to continue. So that's where we are today, you know. But today I could say I'm a little bit of a both, right? Like I am definitely a social people person, but that's just something that I've evolved into. You know, it wasn't like that from I mean, I've always been friendly. I've always been a people person, but but you know, by default, my my downtime, my my personal space is that introvert person who loves to write, who loves to read. But now I have evolved into this business woman who is a little more outgoing, who's a little more social, who's a little more accessible. Yeah. And a little more confident because you're you're able to push past the fear and show up. Yes. And I, my husband has a lot to do with it too, because even starting this business, you, there's a story and I'm going to keep it brief. But when I was starting the business, you have no idea. I have this problem of analysis paralysis. So I would just sit there and 
just think and think and think and I wouldn't take action. And I would, you would think, I mean, people get surprised when I share this story, but it's the, it's the fact, you know, like I would just sit there and I'd be like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I take this course to start a blog or should I not? And I just wasted so much time and thinking. And my husband one day said to me, he's like, you think too much. You just need to, (laughs) you just need to take action. It was like, it was kind of heartbreaking the way he scolded me and, and his tone and everything. But but sometimes these things hit you, you know, and then you it, somebody needs to show you the reality, the, the mirror. And that's when I was like, you know what? He's right. I waste so much damn time in my own head. And I, I need to just start taking action without worrying about the fears, without wor- worrying about the consequences. So what if I fail? At least I took action, you know? Now I, I've changed my mentality. Now I, I act first and then I try to think afterwards. Okay, <laughs> you know, so I mean, not in every situation, but you know what I mean. Now I'm I'm more of an action taker than a thinker. I love that. Yeah, I, I'm definitely the same way. I'm in my head a lot and it can be hard to get out of that. Because <laughs> yes, we question and analyze everything. Yeah, I, I think for me, I always ask myself if I'm starting to get in my head about something or I'm overthinking it or starting to worry about it. I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, really? What am I that afraid of? Like, what what's the worst case scenario here if I put this out right now? Yeah, it, it still happens to me. It's a process, right? Like you just get better and better with time, but it's not like it, it's that it goes away 100%. Even to till this day after launching, God knows how many 30 some different legal templates and products, I still will have the fear. Like when I launch something new, is it going to be a success? And, you know, is it going to result in all this time that I'm putting behind the scenes? Am I going to recover the investment or, but then I just remind myself that, look, look at how far you've come. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves and be grateful for how far we've come because that gives us the encouragement and motivation to continue. That's so true. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think celebrating our small wins, our small steps, like any progress we're making, like I think it's amazing to to look back because I mean, we're so especially in business, we're like so in it that we don't even look at the big picture of all that we've been able to accomplish, like even the last month, the last year. Like we're always looking ahead and we never stop and take the time to look back. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why what I started doing is like, I started keeping track of all my big milestones or big accomplishments, not even big, but even small. Like I've just, I've just started keeping track of a list that I, these are just things I'm grateful for in my business. And I just, everything that I, even for something small, like hitting 1 million views, well, it's not small, but 1 million views on Pinterest or, or 1000 subscribers on YouTube or whatever, you know, I I keep track of those once again, to remind myself to train my mind because mind is a weapon, right? It can be your best ally, but it could also be your worst enemy. So you always have to feed it like the good stuff, you know? And I feel like keeping track of your wins and celebrating time to time is definitely going to keep giving your mind the positive boost that it needs, you know? Yeah. One thing I started doing that I heard from somebody else and I can't remember who it was, was to have a folder where you take screenshots of any like good feedback or positive words from clients, from customers, from just people on your email list who reply and like give you words of encouragement, take a screenshot and save them all to a 
folder that's called like your love folder. So anytime you're starting to question things or have fear of failure, go and open that folder and just look at some of the kind words that you received. I love that. That's very good advice. And and I do that too, by the way, I have, I have a folder of, uh, and I call them customer love notes. And I literally screenshot every single time, every love note, every good positive review or whatnot, but that really works. It does give you a huge confidence boost and, and just lifts up my mood every time I, I read something new, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to do that. Cause I know for me, like if, especially as an introvert who is kind of highly sensitive and takes things really to heart. I find that if I have a bad experience or review or email, I take that, like that affects me for a long time. Whereas if I get really good, positive feedback, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. And it like makes me feel good for maybe a couple minutes. So we take the hard things so hard and like it lasts so much longer. So having a little love note folder that you can go back to is just going to make those moments last even longer. 100% agreed. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for everything. I mean, I love talking to you and I didn't think talking legal was going to be this much fun, but I actually learned a lot and I feel inspired to go back through all of the templates of yours that I have, because I know there's a lot of work that I have to do. I'm just going to start with one thing at a time and move forward. And I think everyone listening, if you're in the same boat, just go check out her website, check out her free resources, her templates, even book a call to figure out where to get started. If you need a game plan and, or if you're starting from zero, like, (laughs) Get get on a call and get a plan going so you can get these things in place. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I really enjoy talking to you too because we cover like all kinds of help, like all kinds of helpful tips, not just the legal tips, but also some insecurities and some hesitations and things that we all have as business owners. And as I always say, that the best way to get over your own fears and and be more successful is to take action and also to learn, right? So I I definitely encourage you guys to visit my website, check out the different free options that I have. Like I have all kinds of free helpful videos and guides on legal mistakes that you should avoid. So definitely take advantage of those freebies that I have and feel free to get in touch if you have any questions. Yeah. You have some amazing freebies. Like I'm looking at the, you have a free cease and desist letter template. Like that is an amazing resource for free. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. We'll have all the links in the show notes for you to check out and go connect with Amira. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for being here. No, it was my honor. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at thetarareed.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.